0: Let's let's begin with Mark chapter, chapter fourteen, chapter sixteen. Yes, Mark sixteen verse fourteen to twenty. Yes, later he appeared or oh, is off. Please. All right. Let me read from, since the screen here is a little bit. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, now this is where, you know, we're going to build what we'll be talking about. And he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and if they drink any deadly poison it will not hurt them they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover so so then the lord jesus after he has spoken to them was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of god and they went out and preached where and preached everywhere while the lord walked with them and confirmed the message confirmed the message by accompanying signs hallelujah There was an instruction to do what? To go and preach. To go and preach. Now, Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16. Matthew 28, verse 16. 16. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus has directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, it's very important for us to understand these two different scriptures. The Mark account and then the Matthew account. Hallelujah. There are some information that are missing in one account. And there's another that are missing in the other. So if you want to have a good picture of what happened, you compare the two together. Amen? It's easy to say that there's a contradiction because what is here is missing here. And as students of scriptures, we know that it's not a contradiction. Hallelujah. It's a way that individuals narrated the same story that happened. Amen? And they give the narration based on their own perspective of what happened. Hallelujah. But the basic thing is that the truth of the event happened. Hallelujah. So when you bring the two together, you're able to know the whole picture. Hallelujah. So, here, verse 11 says, The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, And of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hallelujah. And there are some quick things we are going to note here as an introduction about discipleship. Now, first and foremost, Jesus here committed the responsibility of making disciples of all nations to disciples. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if there's anything that I want you to note right now in your book or your writing is that Jesus committed such responsibility of making disciples, not to everybody. Hallelujah. But first and foremost to who? To a disciple. Amen? Which means that if you've never been a disciple, you cannot make disciples. This commandment was to the twelfth. This instruction was to the 12. This instruction was to those whom have been trained, who, have, who he has been with. Now there are some phrases I want us to note from this part of the scriptures from Matthew. Two things rather. Then we move on to look at what detailed discipleship is. And the first thing I want us to note is in verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Amen. Which means that Jesus has been with them and he has taught them something. He has commanded them. He has spent time with them. He has given them instructions. So they are very much aware of what he has instructed them to. Hallelujah. There There is a body of information that he has given them that he empowers them to go and also make disciples. So, the question we should ask ourselves is in teaching them to, uh, to, to observe all that I've commanded them or taught, what has Jesus commanded them? Hallelujah. What has Jesus taught them? Amen. First of all, we say that the commitment to make disciples is to disciples. Secondly, they are to go and there is a specific thing that they will teach. Amen? Not everything. Hallelujah. Not themselves. Hallelujah. Later we're going to see what discipleship is. It's not about reproducing the life of a man. No. Hallelujah. There is a body of, la- of knowledge. There is an information. There is a body of instruction that has been given by the Master, by Jesus, to the disciples to go and do what? To teach. So what has Jesus commanded and taught? Let's look at Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. We'll see some of the interaction he had with the disciples to give us a picture of the things, right? The information all the knowledge that Jesus is expected that should be passed on. Luke 24, verse 36 to 49. Luke 24, verse 26. 36 36, yes. Now, as they, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be to you. Let me just trust my Bible here. Okay. But they were terrified and frightened. And supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as as you see I have. When he had said these things, he showed them his hands and his feet. Verse 41. But while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, he said to them, Have you any food here? Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of, 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 of broiled fish and some honeycomb. Please add honey to his delicacy. Yesterday we learned that Jesus loved bread so much, right? And fish. And he took it and in their presence, right? In their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Hallelujah. So these were the things he was teaching them about himself. These were the things that he he was committing toward to the disciples. Hallelujah. The next verse. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Hallelujah. Then he said to them, Thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. To all world, to all nations. Hallelujah. So this is the mandate here. That this particular repentance and remission of sins be preached in his name. Hallelujah. In his name to, to, to all the nations. Hallelujah. Beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Amen. They've seen it. They've experienced it. They've touched it. They've understood it. They've come into the reality of these things. They themselves have believed. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. I want us to also look at Luke 24, the same chapter from verse 13. We're trying to look at the things that were taught. That necessity is laid upon them to also teach as they go to disciple. Luke 24 verse 13. We see a story of some of the disciples on their way. Not part of the 12 anyway. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. Which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this is that you have with one another as you walked and are sat?" And he said to them, Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning who? Jesus. Hallelujah. The things concerning who? The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. Mighty in deeds and words before God and all the people. Amen. But we know that Jesus is more than a prophet. Hallelujah. We know that what? That Jesus is more than a prophet. Our brothers in Waterford, they know Jesus as a prophet. But he is more than a prophet. Hallelujah. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to, co- to be condemned to death and crucified him. 21. But we are hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all these things, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels said he was alive hallelujah but let me tell you the angels are not meant to preach the gospel hallelujah angels don't preach the gospel men have been committed with a solid and solemn responsibility of preaching the gospel they cannot preach the gospel they have not been authorized to preach the gospel men have been licensed to preach the gospel hallelujah And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that that the prophets have spoken. Yesterday we learned that the prophets were communicating a message. About who? About salvation of humanity. About what God is doing or what God has done in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But the men did not believe the message. Even Moses, they didn't believe Moses. They didn't believe the prophets. Hallelujah. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at where? At Moses. And all the prophets. He expounded to them in all the scriptures. The things concerning who? Concerning himself. So what was the exposition about? The things concerning who? Himself. Hallelujah. Not about business. Amen. Not even about leadership. Not even about healing. Not even about anything but things concerning himself. This was his exposition to them. Things regarding himself. He expanded to them the very thing concerning himself. Hallelujah. So we can see here and draw conclusion that the disciples are to teach the things concerning who. Concerning Jesus. Amen. So as we saw in Matthew 28. And we ask ourselves the question. What is the message? Or what are they to teach? They are to teach what? Things concerning Jesus. The curriculum they are to use. Is things concerning who? Concerning Jesus. Hallelujah. Now another thing that I want us to note. From Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20, is in verse 19. It's very important that we reiterate this. It has been said several times in the course of this meeting. But to to remind us again is essential. That we'll be fully grounded in this truth. And then our ministry will be much more effective and powerful. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Hallelujah. Go therefore and do what? And make disciples of all nations. And the phrase that I want us to look at here is the phrase make disciples. Amen. It's essential that we understand what it means to make disciples. Now he can preach the gospel for someone and then he, he, he responds in, instantly. He believes instantly. And what? And he's saved. Yesterday we learned that when someone is saved, he's totally transformed. In fact, at that moment, right, he's one with Christ. Because the Holy Ghost comes into him and, 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 and dwells in him. Hallelujah. So he has been brought into what? Into the knowledge of this, 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 this thing that, that God has done in Christ Jesus. But you see, to become a disciple is not like that. Hallelujah. Discipleship or to make a disciple is not a one-day thing. It doesn't happen like that. Amen. To make something simply means that it's a process. It's systematic. It takes time. It takes effort. Making a disciple means that it takes a lot of effort, time and resources. No wonder Jesus Christ... He didn't just lay hand on the the, the disciples and then they they, they just became who they they were meant to be in in one day. Hallelujah. He had to walk, walk them through the process, teaching them. For three and a half years, he was with them. Still, they couldn't get it. Until when he died, he resurrected. And then he came back to do revision. Hallelujah. He revised to them all the things he has been teaching them. Until they come to the place of knowledge of what he has been teaching them. Hallelujah. And then they are now licensed to go and make others disciples. Amen. So if you don't have this understanding that becoming, that making a disciple is a process, then you'll be frustrated. You preach the gospel to this person, and then you expect him to just know everything and become everything in one day. It's not possible. Hallelujah. The man who is inside is new. He's born again. He's totally perfect. Amen. But remember, we say something about about conduct, right? It's a process of transformation that happens in the life of the individual until he looks like what is inside him. Hallelujah, and that is what we call making disciples. Hallelujah. So to make disciples is a word, matheo, in the Greek. You know, I'm not very good in using these Greek words, but it's very, very important for us to to delve into them right now to understand. What this means, right? It means to train others. Mathatio. I don't know whether I'm right in, in pronouncing it. M-A-T-H-E-T-E-U-O. It means to train others. Hallelujah. It means to train. To make disciples means to train. Amen. Training. To train. That means we are trained in the things concerning Who? Concerning Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus instructed them to go and train men in the things concerning himself. Concerning the reality that they've received, they've believed, and they are walking in. They should go forth and do it and train men in this knowledge, in this understanding, in the reality of things concerning Jesus Christ. And Yesterday we heard what well, we were taught. That when we study Christ, we find our own identity in Him. Hallelujah. Jesus revealed the Father. uh, Rather, is it? Am I right? The The Father revealed Jesus. And Jesus does what? Reveal us, right? So we are to train, to train, to be trained, and to train others in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Things concerning Jesus Christ. Things concerning Jesus Christ. To make disciples means to train others. Also in Matthew 13, 51. Give me Matthew 13, 51. Matthew 15. Another way where this word make disciples is, 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 uh, is seen in scriptures in Matthew 13, 51 and 52. Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes Lord. That, does, that is after teaching them some parables. Amen. And then he said to them, therefore every scribe Instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasures, things new and old. Hallelujah. Now, the word here, instructed, in another translation means what? To make disciples. Amen. Instructions, to instruct, to train. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasures, what is new. And what is all? Hallelujah. There is therefore need for what? For instruction. Now a scribe here, I want us to look at that, that scripture. It says, and therefore, every scribe, right? Every scribe. Who is a scribe? Who is a scribe? Now a scribe is an expert in the Torah. Yesterday, Pastor, uh, Victor was teaching us about the Old Testament books that were also the books that are, that are the books that the Jewish people use, right? Now, the this, this scribe is a scholar, an expert. Amen? He's an expert in the scriptures. But being an expert in the scriptures does not make him a disciple. Hallelujah. In that context, being an expert, he says, a scribe instructed concerning the things of the kingdom, which means that you can know the scriptures and not understand the things of, this, of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, even the scribe needs to be trained concerning the things that pertain to Christ. Hallelujah. Now, we'll shed more light on this later on as we continue. The scribe is an expert in the Torah, but must be trained, must be instructed concerning the kingdom. Please give me NLT and also Amplified. we we'll look at this properly to understand the Amplified you know, translation of this. Matthew, verse 52, uh, uh, Matthew 13, 51, 52. Firstly, give me the NLT. He says, Then he said, Every teacher of, of religious law who becomes a disciple. Now, that's the word we're looking for to make disciples, right? Who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. You become sufficient with enough. You are, you are empowered. You, are, you, are, you become wealthy. Hallelujah. But that scribe must be what? Must be a disciple in the things of the kingdom. Hallelujah. He said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has become, that scribe must become, Amen? That scribe who is an expert in the scriptures must become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brought out his treasure, things that are new and fresh. Hallelujah. Freshness comes from what? From training. Amen. Things that are fresh and new. Things that are old and familiar. Hallelujah. So we see here that what? That the word is used here in Matthew. Matthew. Now, firstly, I want to make this clarity here. That firstly, we are born into the kingdom by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We saw this yesterday and all the teachings that we came into the kingdom of God by what? By faith. Discipleship does not make someone born again. I understand this. You cannot begin to disciple someone that is not born again. Hallelujah. You cannot disciple somebody into into the kingdom, but you can disciple someone that is already in the kingdom. So discipleship is for those that are in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Those who have believed and have been brought into the kingdom. So I said, firstly, we are born into the kingdom by faith in Jesus Christ. Afterwards, we are trained concerning the things in the kingdom. Amen. We are equipped with information of our reality. And when we talk about the kingdom here, we are not talking about the place. Amen. Amen. We're not talking about a place, a location. No. We're talking about activities. Hallelujah. We're talking about a culture. We're talking about ethos. We're talking about a way of life. A way of doing things. Hallelujah. Somebody say a way of doing things. In this kingdom, we have a way of doing things. Hallelujah. We have a way of life. Amen. That you must be cultured. You must be trained. You must be equipped. You must be exposed to you must be brought into the understanding of the things that you already have in you. Hallelujah. You must be trained in the using of the things that you already have. That's why we are here. If you are not trained, you cannot effectively explore and utilize the resources, the endless possibilities of the resources that God has placed in you as a child of God. Therefore, it is necessary that every believer be trained. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not a choice, my brothers and sisters. You must be trained because you will train others. Hallelujah! If you've not trained, if you've not been trained, you cannot train others. Hallelujah! So, for us to what fulfill the mandate, we must also be trained. Let's also see Matthew twenty-seven. We're trying to look at what it means to make disciples. That word, make disciples. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven. Make disciples, Matthew. Theo. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-seven says, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was a what? Who was a disciple? The same word, disciple. Now, the reason why I picked this one is to try to communicate an, an idea here. Firstly, we saw a scribe who is an expert in the scriptures, right? Who is an authority concerning the Old Testament scriptures. For him, right, he needed to also learn the kingdom right he's an expert here we see a rich man who is rich but he is what he's also learning what the things of the kingdom he's a disciple of Jesus Christ hallelujah so I asked a question I said what have you what have you become describe an expert a scholar of the scriptures must become a student of Jesus Christ. The rich also becoming a disciple. Then I asked, I said, what is your achievement in this life that is preventing you from becoming a disciple? What money have you made? What knowledge have you attained? What level of, 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 of educational, you know, qualification have you attained? You see? You can go to theological seminary and you are not a disciple. Hallelujah. You can stand and preach and you are not a disciple. Hallelujah. You must, you must be someone that, you know, is exposed to the things concerning the kingdom. And this, the things concerning the kingdom are our realities in Christ. Hallelujah. We must be trained in the using of these resources, of this blessed, you know, provision that God has made to us in Christ Jesus. The apostles also made disciples. Acts 14, verse 19. Acts 14, verse 19. We see the apostles also make disciples. They made disciples. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Verse 21. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. I believe that when they gathered, they prayed for him. Hallelujah. And they brought him back to life. You know, I was sharing with some people that I normally meet them regularly. I said, Paul preached in one, in one place in scriptures. He preached from morning till night to the following night. Until somebody fell down and died. He was sleeping. Hallelujah. Don't sleep here. Amen. If you sleep, you will fall down. Amen. That's by the way. <laughs> Amen. No, you cannot die. <laughs> but you fall down. You fall from knowledge. <laughs> Amen. But what Paul did was that he came down, I was thinking the meeting will be suspended. He raised the man back to life and he continued with his teaching. <laughs> Hallelujah! And if you look at, he taught for twenty-four hours. Amen. Twenty-four hours of teaching, teaching what? Not, not motivational speech. Amen. See, he's not even preaching. He's not even telling them. He's deep things of the kingdom. Hallelujah! And they were glued for twenty-four hours hearing, to the point that one was dozing and then he fell down from the window. Three stay, stay, three floors right. He fell down and then he died. It was by the window. And then he died. But he was brought back to life. Hallelujah. But look at what happened here. And when they, 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 they had preached the gospel to this, that city. And met what? Many disciples. Hallelujah. They did what? They made many disciples. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. They met disciples. Hallelujah. Now, that is for my introduction. Amen. Now, what is discipleship? What is discipleship? Understanding the concept of discipleship is mandatory. If we must effectively, you know, disciple others, or we ourselves become disciples, it is necessary that we understand, because there's a lot of distortion in what discipleship is. There are many things I've seen in our contemporary world today that is not discipleship. Amen? I've seen some manipulations in the name of discipleship. I've seen people taking advantage of others in the name of discipleship. I've seen abuses in the name of discipleship. I've seen men trying to copy men that are not even copying Christ. Amen? In the name of discipleship. Now, discipleship is not wearing the kind of dress I'm wearing. You know, and then you say, you, are my, you are, I'm discipling you. That's not what it means. Hallelujah. Of course, you can... Want to dress like me if you if you want to, it's good, hallelujah. But that's not what discipleship is. It's not talking like the way your pastor is talking. Amen. Because if you want to talk like me, you will suffer. You know, you don't have my own kind of voice and my mother tongue that is influencing my English. So it's not these things that are we, we get to know, hallelujah. And I see some people, you know, they say, ah, you know, I have many, many mentors. You know, I was talking to someone in the U.S. some few days ago. I asked, I said, who do you follow? The person actually is starting a church. I asked the person, I said, who do you follow? Say, you know, I follow many men of God online. You know, this. I said, ah, that's good. But who really do you follow? Who is discipling you? Who has discipled you? Now you want to go and gather some group of people and begin to. Disciple them. Teach them. What are you going to even teach them? Let me tell you this: if you are here, you cannot, there's nothing, right? Re- discipleship is, is a relationship. Hallelujah. Say, so, oh, you know, I I follow Apostle Joshua Selman so much, I say, ah, he's a good. Even me, I follow him. Are we together? But does apostle know you? Right? Do you have a relationship with him? Because that will define what you call your you know the kind of relation what you're doing here. Hallelujah. That is just by the way, hallelujah. So, firstly, we're trying to understand what discipleship. Trying to understand what discipleship. So, first of all, if you are writing this, you follow me quickly, I will say these things, and then we'll read also scriptures. Discipleship is a process, amen. Discipleship is a process of reproducing or imparting the life of a teacher to a student. Hallelujah. Now, there's a teacher, right? And there's a student. They're not on the same level. Hallelujah. We must understand that there's a place where you are humble to know that you are a student. You are learning. And there is a teacher who is teaching. Amen? It's not like, oh, it's my friend. We are friends. No, it's not about we are friends. I'm not saying that we cannot teach and we share scriptures. We learn from each other, right? That's not what we're talking about here. There's a teacher and there's a student, a people, someone that is learning. Amen? Someone that is learning. It is a lifelong process. Amen? It's a what? It's a lifelong process. A systematic and cumulative way of making someone and that someone is a student if you can put in a bracket a student, a trainee an apprentice a raw material a disciple to be conformed or transformed into the image the statue and the full personality of the master hallelujah Hallelujah. Now, in this context, the master is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The master here is not your pastor. Hallelujah. The master here is not the person discipling you. We'll come to that. There's a place where we'll define the role of men. Hallelujah. But the goal is to become like Jesus. Yesterday we were taught that when we become born again, right, the fullness of Christ is in us. We become Christ in every aspect of our lives. I mean, in the spirit, right? We totally become one with him. Are we together? But then, in our conduct, right, we are to be transformed according to to who we are in the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here we say that the master here the teacher here is Jesus Christ. Now discipleship is God's means of achieving his eternal purpose and the central goal of calling any man to himself to be conformed to the image of his Son. Romans of the 8 verse 28. I'll try to make a highlight to what we were taught yesterday, the question that was answered yesterday. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom, if he knew, he also predestined to be conformed. And that was the question that someone asked yesterday, right? To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. And we agreed here that this happened. Instantly you became a believer. Isn't it? It happened what? The moment you become a believer, you've been conformed in the context of this scripture here. You've immediately been conformed into oneness with Christ. Hallelujah. You're of the same stock with him. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. For it was fitting for him for whom all things are all things and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. The next verse. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call him what? Brethren. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ is not ashamed to call you his brother because you believe. Hallelujah. Not because of the things you are doing or not because of the things you will do. He's not ashamed to call you brethren because you believe in the message. Hallelujah. Instantly you become one with Christ. Are we together? Then we also saw the one in Romans. Romans chapter chapter 12 verse 2, right? Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Where we we're taught that, yes, and do not be conformed. And this conformity has to do with what? Actions, right? Our activity. Because we are already in the image of Christ, right? We shouldn't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that you may prove what is good, what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. And what we're talking about here is our conduct. Amen. Discipleship is what? On the conduct, as Pastor Kola told us. Our conduct is important. Hallelujah. Our understanding of the life that we receive is important. Our display of the life we receive, the life must come out and gush out and we we must experience the fullness of what he has done from the inside. Hallelujah. So it's very, very key. It's very important. God wants us not only that we are Completely, you know, one with Him, but our lives and our conducts showcase that we really are His children. Hallelujah! So, in the process of training, we become, Amen. We are trained to become. We become conscious of who we are in uh, in insight. That can only come by training. Hallelujah! And training by what? By the things concerning who, concerning Jesus Christ. By the Word. Hallelujah. The curriculum for this training is who is the Word of God. When we read the Bible, we look for things concerning the Christ, concerning Jesus Christ. And that is the instrument by which we are brought into the knowledge of who we are. Amen. And we see transformation happens in our lives. And then we become equipped to do what? To train others in the same light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want to say something again fundamentally about discipleship. It is God's family training scheme. Amen? We're talking about the house, what? The house of God. Amen? Each and every one of us, I believe, is part of this house of God. Now, in this family, there is a scheme. There's a training scheme that the Father has initiated from the foundation of the world. There's a family training scheme. So discipleship is God's family training scheme. That means that if you are not in this family, then you will not partake in this training. Amen? And if you are in this family and you don't partake in this, in this training, it means that you are trying to say that I don't belong. I'm a bastard. Or oh, I don't know who my father is. Hallelujah. It is compulsory for anyone that is in the household of God to pass through this family training scheme called discipleship. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 4. Or rather, let's read from verse 3. Chapter 3, rather. Give me Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Did we establish this? Amen. We are what? We are sons. All of us that have believed are what? Are sons. We are not growing to become sons. Amen. We are already sons. Hallelujah. We are what? We are already sons, right? The next verse. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. We've been immersed into the knowledge and the experience of Christ. Amen? So we are what? We have put on Christ. The next verse. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Talking about uh, uh, what do you call uh, identity, right? Or, your tribe or where you're coming from. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you all, for you are all one. What? In Christ Jesus, we've become one. We are of the same stock. We are of the same, you know, source. Hallelujah. We are of Christ. All of us are brothers and sisters in this household, in this family. Amen. So if you're part of this family, I can ask you, ah, brother, did you pass? Are you going through this school that Baba said we should do? Hmm? Are you being trained in this family? So that you know, Miss. us? we have an identity that you must be trained. There's a culture in this family. There's a way of life in this family that all of us must partake. Hallelujah. So, yes, verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And he is according to the promise. I don't want to go into that verse because that's not the focus. Now, let's move down to chapter 4, verse 1. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, Amen? Now, the heir is a son. You belong to the family. But as long as you are a child, as long as he is a child, does not differ. Amen? Now, the difference here is not in his identity. It's in conduct. Hallelujah. Do you know there are some believers that you don't know whether they are born again because of what they do? Amen? Because of the things they do, you don't know whether they are believers. So now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is the master of all. Amen? Now, but it's, no, verse 2, right? But it's under guardians and stewards, until the time appointed by who? By the father. Right? Who makes the appointed time? Who who makes the appointment, the father? He put the child or the son, the son that is part of the family has been accepted. He's already part of the family. The father puts him under tutors, right? Under governors. Under leaders. Under a system. Amen? Puts him under a system. Until an appointed time by the father. Hallelujah. Now let me make some comments here. For a heir who is a child to be brought into the inheritance of his father, to be brought into, when I mean brought into inheritance, I mean to fully understand and experience and live in the inheritance and the heritage of what what you've been been given, you must be trained. Amen? You must be taught. You must be exposed you must be exposed to these things. You must learn them. Because when you were born, you didn't know anything. Hallelujah. A child that is born into a family does not know. The child has to be taught. This is the way we say this thing in this house. This thing is wrong. This thing is right. Hallelujah. Those things in themselves did not save you. Amen. But because you've been saved, you must be trained. Hallelujah. Because you have a job to go and also preach and to train others. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. Hebrews 12, verse 7. Talking about discipleship as a family training scheme. Because you belong to this family, you must be trained. If you endure chastening. Now this chastening here is not punishment. Hallelujah. It's not because you've done something that they... See, God does not punish you. Right? It's not a... Because you did this, then this action will follow. No. The, the word chastening here means discipline. To be trained. If you endure training, let's, put, let's replace it with training. Right? If you endure training, God deals with you as with what? With sons. Hallelujah. God is dealing with you as what? As sons. That is who you are. It is your identity. You are a son. Therefore, he's training you. Hallelujah. For what son is there whom a fa- whom a father does not chasten, whom a father does not tell? Why did your father send you to school? Is it because he, he doesn't like you that he sent you to Cyprus to come and school? He knows you need education. Hallelujah. So which father will not send his child to school? Which father, Pastor Victor, you just ignore what your daughter is doing in the house. Don't care about you know, what she does. Because you love her, you want, you train her up. In the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. So which father does not train his son? Does not trust his his son? Verse 8. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers. We prayed this passage the other day. And I said, all have become partakers. See, you are not the first person that will be discipled. Hallelujah. All members of this family, right? They are partakers of this training scheme. So you will not be saying, ah, why are we emphasizing discipleship? Because it's a family training scheme. Everybody must be trained. All the pastors you see teaching, they have been trained. That is why they can teach you. They are still being trained so that they can be better teachers. Hallelujah. So all have become what? Partakers. But if you are without chastening, if you are without training, of which all have become partakers... Yes, if you are left without discipline, yes, thank you for ESV, in which all have participated. Hallelujah. Then you are, what? You are illegitimate. Children are not sons. Who is an illegitimate son here of God? If you are not, then you have to be trained. Because one of the things that proves that you have a father is the training that you're receiving from him. Hallelujah. So, therefore, you must be what? You must be trained as sons. You must be trained as sons. Verse 9. Besides this, we have, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us. Right? Our earthly fathers, they disciplined us and we respected them. We loved them. We honor them for the rest. Some, some, sometimes we we'll look back to see all the things our parents have done. Sometimes, you know, they did it, you know, out of their own desires. They don't want you to go and bring shame to the name of the family. <laughs> you know. Don't go and disgrace us. Don't bring shame to this family. <laughs> Hallelujah. So besides we have earthly fathers who discipline us and we respect them. Shall we not much more Amen, be subject to the father of spirits and live? Amen. Shall we not much more, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of Spirits and live? But ten. for they, now who are the day here? Our earthly parents. Now look at how, why they discipline us in their humanity. For they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them for their own pleasure to a greater extent. Right? But he, who is the he here? God, the Father, our Father, our true Father. When we say true Father, we mean a Father that is forever. Hallelujah. A Father that is, what is eternal. Hallelujah. Not just a biological Father that, of course, some of us have lost our parents. Hallelujah. But we have a Father that is eternal. Hallelujah. A Father that is always with us. He is interested in us. And He disciplines us. Amen. For he, but He disciplines us for what? For His own good. For who? For our good that we will experience every single thing that He has given us in Christ. If He does not discipline us and train us, we cannot cannot enjoy, we cannot benefit from all that is in Christ Jesus. For our own good. Give me that passage again. For our own good. That we may share. What? What are we to share? His holiness. Hallelujah. That we will share in His holiness. That is the essence of being discipled. That we will share in his holiness. That we will share in his holiness. Verse 11. For the moment, all discipline seems. Now, let me say something. When we say discipline here, it's not sickness. Hallelujah. I've, I've laid this foundation before. I said, the curriculum for training is the word. It's not sickness. It's not poverty. It's not failure in life. Hallelujah. That is not what the Father used in discipline us. Primarily, is what we sow, it's the scriptures. Amen. Are we done with that? So he says, for the moment, all discipline seems what? Painful rather than pleasant. Have you ever gone to the gym and you see someone gyming and he's, he's smiling? He's dancing. You will see his face is deforming because it's painful. Some of us went for gym one day and we ran away, never went back again. Hallelujah. There's somebody here that ran some distance, and the person did not go again for after seven days because the body was responding to the pain. <laughs> Hallelujah. For the moment, right, all discipline, whatever form of discipline, even this one here, some of you are, are not comfortable with what we are doing here. There's a sense of pain. You sit for a long period of time, you know, you know. some of us have not sat for one hour sermon. You go to the toilet five times or six times, I was listening to a message one day. The, the man of God said, some of you, if you look at your jotting, you don't have a complete statement. <laughs> Even your Greek and Hebrew cannot be pronounced. Because the master, the teacher will say one word, you will move out to go and urinate. Before you come back, he has said another thing. And you don't get anything because you don't have the capacity to endure. Hallelujah. So in this process of this discipline that we are receiving, we must endure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice that no discipline is what seems, it seems enjoyable at, 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 as you're experiencing it. You will be asked to sit where you don't want to sit as a process. Hallelujah. You will asked to do things that you're uncomfortable with. We ask some people to do drama here. You, that is part of the discipline. You are training You're receiving training here. Hallelujah. You will be said no to as a process. It seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit, hallelujah, of what? Of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, to those who have been trained, fully trained, not half trained. Some of us, we started, we were running away. You don't amount to anything. In this kingdom, you go to heaven. Thank God, you're in heaven. But usefulness in this kingdom, mm -mm. Forget about it. It's zero. Forget about, I want God to use my life and you're running away from training. Forget about it. It's not for lazy people. Hallelujah. It's not for lazy people. The faith is not for lazy people. You think we become what we are becoming today because we've been sleeping and not and not responding to training? No. Hallelujah. And it, it won't start with you. There's no easy path. Let me tell you, there's no easy path. There's no easy road. There's no shortcut in this in this faith. There's no shortcut. You must pass through process that God is transforming, renewing, strengthening, equipping, empowering, teaching you in doctrine. See, if they can lay hands and people will, be, will become, I could have looked for the biggest hand to be laid on me. Always is here, right? Hallelujah. So it cannot be imparted. Hallelujah. There is no impartation in this. In fact, the only thing that can be imparted is grace so that you go through it. Hallelujah. But you must pass through it. So if you are, if you are planning to dodge, just know that in this kingdom, you will not enjoy the fullness of this kingdom. Hallelujah. So when you are fully turned, I usually give an example Many of you here know this example. It's my favorite example. An egg and chicken. Amen. When the chicken is trying to hatch the egg, what does she do? She sleep on the egg, right? And eventually one of the eggs rolls out of the, what do you call it? The, the process, right? The, the brooding. What? Brooding process. Maybe the chicken deliberately rolls out of the brooding process and then maybe change corner the mother hen will not leave all that eggs and go and look for that chicken. What will she do? She will continue brooding these ones until they become what? They become chickens that will lay egg, right? And also brood on the eggs and give birth to chickens that will lay eggs. Hallelujah. What about that chicken that rolled out? Can you cook it? Huh? Do you know what have happened to that chicken? It's half chicken, it's half egg. You can't eat it and it cannot become a chicken. You become toxic to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Because you refuse to endure the process of brooding. Amen. So you must endure the process. Hallelujah. Allow God to brood on you, to form you, to make you. Many of us want to roll out to go into ministry. Ministry is good. But without training, you cannot minister appropriately. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you must be You must have been trained by it. To those who have been trained by it. Adequately trained by it. Hallelujah. Now, this process has a beginning. Discipleship. We are trying to understand what discipleship is, right? Now, this process has a beginning. An entrance. And a definite starting point. You cannot be unconsciously discipled. Amen? You cannot be what? Mistakenly discipled. No. This one is not like that. You cannot be mistakenly discipled or unconsciously discipled. No, it's not like that. He has a definite entrance, starting point that you know deliberately this is what you are doing. You are intentionally yielding yourself to what? To the process. A definite starting point which is not unconscious, but deliberate when the student voluntarily yields his neck to the yoke of the master to learn of him. To learn of him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is a calling of Jesus Christ. 28 to 30. He says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This one is a call Salvation. Hallelujah. Come to me and what will happen? Rest. Rest from what? From sin. Amen. And then when you you receive the rest, then what do you do? You take my yoke upon you. Hallelujah. And learn learn from me. What is a yoke? Yoke means to be tied neck to neck with God in a process, right? Like, you know, when you put two animals together. You tie them with the wood so that they can plow or move a trailer. Right? So, you take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle. Hallelujah. God is gentle with us in the process. Jesus is gentle with us. He understands that we are weak. And is gentle with us through the process. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know why? Because it is him who walks in you to will and to do according to his good pleasures. Hallelujah. So that is what makes it light. From afar, it may seem difficult. It may seem fear, like threatening. But let me tell you when you yield yourself to his yoke, it is easy because it is him who will walk in you, moving you from one stage to another. Hallelujah. So you must consciously, deliberately make a decision that this is what I want to do. I want to become who God wants me to become. I am what he says I am. Amen. And professing it, you do the doing. Hallelujah. We yield ourselves to the process that makes us who really has made us to be. First Kings chapter 19. Verse 19 is, is a story that, you know, Sometimes when I analyze this story, I ask you, Hah. Man. First Kings chapter 19, verse 19 to 21. So he departed from there. Now, this is Elijah, right? He departed and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Now, you know, do you know what it means to be plowing 12 oxen of with 12, you know, with 12 yoke of oxen. Now let's make this analysis. When we say 12 yoke of oxen, what does it mean? How many animals is he using? 24 animals yoked together. Plowing, right? Do you think that is a small, is a, a it's a small farm, he's farming? Hmm? At his time and his era, he has a very big company that he's running. He has a big business he's doing. Hallelujah. In fact, he is one of the most successful young gentlemen, the most perfect guy in town that every, every girl is looking up to. For when he will present a ring. Hmm? He's the most qualified bachelor in town. Wrong, his life, for him, as far as he's concerned, his life is successful. He has made it, as we used to say, he has made it in life. He was with the twelve. But then something happened. And I'm sure that his heart is not in that thing that he was doing. Hallelujah. There was something different that he's yearning for. Look at what happened. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. The next verse. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. And said to him, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. You mean you leave all this business, all this establishment. All this career all this ambition all these things that you've labeled for your life you want to go and kiss your father goodbye and come and follow on the land the word follow if it's your bible on the land the word follow so that you do what not so that you become a prophet so that you follow following and i will follow you and he said to him go back elijah did not make it easy for him someone was little discomfort we are frustrated. Oh, this person, you are looking down on me. Is it because you are discipling me? He said, so, Go back again. For what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him. Now, look at what Elisha did. He took a yoke of oxen, right? He took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became what? Became a servant. First, he became what? A servant. He followed. Some translation we see that he was pouring water on Elijah's hand to wash, carrying his towel. Hallelujah. To learn to follow. Amen. Now, here, we see that he he went and did send forth for himself. You know what he told his customers? This is a closing party for this business. I'm no longer going to be selling. We are shutting down. And I can imagine young men in his contemporary saying, saying, What is this idiot? Why are you fool? You want to follow a man that doesn't have a house? A man that doesn't have a place to live? A man that can wake up and say he's, 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 in, he's in this Judea, right? And then you just move without, without, without address. You want to follow that kind of a man? Physically, it's, it's, I mean, it's unimaginable. It's, it's not sensible. Amen? But he was willing to do what? To let go. That he will follow and learn and become to the point that, you know, he became Elisha, that we know that is Elisha. Hallelujah. Now, in this context, right, we must be willing to let go so we can follow Christ. Amen? Christ is what? must be a priority for us. Hallelujah. If we must learn of him, we must, and this is, this is, not, this is not a mistake. This is intentional you know, discipleship. He decided to, deliberately. Made up his mind that he's, he's enough. Right? Now we are not saying that you should shut off your business and your career. That's not what we are saying. It's just we are drawing out a, uh, a, an example here. Hallelujah. That is what it means to be deliberate about discipleship to be intentional about discipleship. That we will come to the place where we are fully trained, we are equipped, we are fully trained and equipped in the things of God. Therefore, empowered to also make others. Because the making is a process that doesn't end in a day. It's a lifelong process. And I believe that that is the heart of God for the church. If there's anything that the today's church has lost, when I mean the church, I'm not only saying CF, I'm saying the body of Christ in this generation is this concept of discipleship. We rather will draw a crowd of 50,000, 60,000 capacity structures. And if in that crowd there's no effective discipleship, the faith cannot be sustained. Hallelujah. The next generation will have no, nothing to hold on. The heart of God has always been to disciple men. And that agenda in the kingdom have not changed. Men must not only be brought into the knowledge of Christ. Right? They must not only be brought into a place where they are born again. But the biggest job begins when they are born again. Of mentoring. Of transforming. Of teaching them precept upon precept. Investing time. Making mistakes. We look at who a disciple is later on. Right? We'll look at who a disciple is. Just try to understand what just discipleship is. We'll come to look at what, who is a disciple. We'll see his disciple is someone that have given his all for one, th- one course that he will know Christ. Hallelujah. But the church have lost it. We are just interested in what? Big structures. Amen? Big structures. Please, can you put the church vision and mission on the, on the screen for me? So that, it, it, so that you, it, what we're doing here will make sense to you. What we're doing here will make sense to you. Why we see us investing? See, we can invest everything in this church to raise men. That is why we don't do dance. We don't organize. Someone says, sir, why are we not doing concert? Concert is good. I'm not criticizing those who do concert. Who do concert by the grace of God? Right? When last did we do concert in NACF? I can't remember. Maybe more than three, four, five years. Because the question is will he help us to achieve What God wants us to achieve. There are many things we can do. But not everything. Because this is what God says. To be a Christ-like assembly. In where? In Yeris University. Raising disciples. And what? And leaders for Christ that will transform families. So comedy will not make you. To be able to transform families and societies. You can only laugh. And it ends there. Hallelujah. That's why we don't do it here. Amen? We are deliberate about the things we do. If you don't like prayer, there's another church you can go to. If you don't like uh, the word, there's an, there are many options for you. If you don't like training like this, there are many alternatives for you. There is a place where you go and be dancing. I'm not saying that they are bad. You'll be doing play, doing sports. We do sport here, right? We do. But the focus, that is not the most important thing for us here. Hallelujah. So understand the context of what we are doing here. Raise leaders for Christ, not for ourselves. We are not raising you to become like us. In fact, if you become like us, make sure that we are becoming like Christ. Hallelujah. That we will raise leaders for Christ that will transform families, societies, and the world, the entire world. That is that is the that's the heart of God for NECF. The mission that's the heart of God for, for, for NECF. And how do we do it? By reaching out to all people. In our locality, right? And around Cyprus. Through evangelism. Did we talk about evangelism today? Yes. Through what? Discipleship training. This is training. Through what? Kathatismos. Hallelujah. Through equipping. Amen. Equipping, right? Equipping them for their ministries. Because we believe all of you are ministers. So if you are in this church, you are here to be trained. Some of you will be released to your countries, to different nations. To different societies that you'll be, that you'll be, you you go there to raise others. Hallelujah. So a word of wisdom for you: Enjoy the process. Hallelujah. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Allow the process to make you. You may not understand. Some of us will be shouting at you. We'll be screaming instructions. Amen. We'll be we'll be quarrelling with you. But beyond that, see the goal. See the goal. See see the target. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. I don't know what you want to pray at this moment as we, as we close this session. But speak something to God. Ask, tell God what you want God to do with your life. With this understanding, If I were you, I would pray and ask God to help me to commit to this process. Father, help me. Help me, Lord, to commit to this process. Help me, Lord, to invest everything that I have to become who you want me to become. To become who you've made me already. Father, help me. Father, help me. Ask God to help you with this reality. Ask God to help you. Father, help me, Lord. Father, help me, Lord, to commit to your training process. Help me, Lord, to commit to the process of making That will build me up into a man, into a woman. That will rise up to a place where I can raise others for you. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry you've committed to me. Thank you, Lord, for the work of ministry that you've called me and you've set me apart for. Help me, Lord, to be equipped. Help me, Lord, to be trained in righteousness. To be trained in the things concerning Christ. Father, thank you, Lord, for these sessions that we've had today. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.